Hey, early adopters and super VIPs. If you have not done so yet, please help us out by pounding that subscribe button and rating and reviewing us on Apple iTunes. We've got so many new and awesome interviews coming up that you won't want to miss. And we want to make sure that this podcast grows and gets even more awesome guests than we already have. Please do so. And we really appreciate your support. Welcome to Buy and Build, the podcast about buying a business and building in public. Uncover the wins and losses as we renovate our business together. Come along for the ride. Now, here are your hosts of Buy and Build, Nicholas Scalp and Daryl Lim. Hey, everybody. We are here for a special update episode from Buy and Build. So as a lot of you know, Daryl is kind of the lead on this project here. So Daryl is going to be walking us through a lot of the problems, a lot of the, the pros and cons that we've been seeing, and just really giving a, a comprehensive update on what the, the past couple of weeks and couple of months. Yo, what's going on? Sorry for not giving everyone an update here. Shout out to Taylor Angstrom for calling us out and getting us to do an update on our business. So, you know, just... A few things have happened in the last couple of months and we've been pivoting and trying like a whole bunch of different things, whether it be marketing, whether it be the operational side of things um, or partnerships. There's been a lot of like up and downs to the process of the business. And one thing that we did, we probably did talk about in a previous podcast was that when you buy a business for a low five figure fund, you, you should expect to know what you're getting into. You're getting into a business that's not quite established yet. You've got a lot of work to do. And we did say we're going to renovate that business. So, and in renovating that business, a lot of what we did was we had to try and make it our own. So by making it our own, we created a website, we had to create ads, we had to, you know, change the culture a little bit with all of the teachers. And that's the other thing. There's like this kind of, unspoken pressure when you already have a staff of people who are working at a company and you have to like try and perform for them. You know, if you're, if you're a business and you're a SaaS and you're just buying a business and you're trying to go out there, create partnerships, create sales or whatever it is, the only pressure is yourself. This other thing, there's people relying on you to pay the money in order to like, have it as part of their livelihood, as part of their monetary monthly salary. So yeah, there's definitely different pressures that are involved. So, you know, Nick, what do you want to start with? You want to start with marketing, you start with partnerships, um, operations. What do you think? Yeah. What well, I mean, I mean, first off, I, I think you and I looking back would have, you know, gladly picked a company that was like, you know, a small SaaS business and try and grow that and be like, oh no, some of the money went away, but we still have the project. Like, that's fine. And now we're sitting here going like, shit, how much do we spend for teachers? Oh God. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we need to make at least that much and how, oh God, <laughs> you know? So that's a, that's a good point. When you, when you bring on a team instead of just buy a company, right? It's a whole different set of weights yeah, let's let's talk about. So let's see, we have this list here. Let's talk about some of the the marketing and the 
the mailing lists and, you know, different approaches for building up the user base that we've been doing. Yeah. So maybe before we get into that and just to your point about the teachers and stuff, um, you know, the one thing is there's probably not going to be a ton of people who are going to be doing something like this simply because of costs that are related to it. So the barrier to entry is quite high. You know, you got to hire all these teachers, you got to pay them on a regular basis, you got to keep them on board. There's going to be natural attrition of teachers leaving the platform. So in that way, um, we, while the, it, the costs are high, you know, if we can make this work, it can actually be quite good because the competition isn't as much as say other industries because you have all these live teachers. Mm -hmm. So just kind of get that out of the way. Um, but some marketing stuff that we've been trying out and testing out is, you know, with the changes to iOS 14.5 on Facebook, one of the things they tell you to try out is building a mailing list. So what we've been doing with our mailing list is we created a five-day challenge. In the five challenge, we have a bunch of pre-recorded videos. We send it to a landing page. And then there's kind of like copywriting that's on the page. And then they can sign up for it and they get a drip email campaign of five days of videos. So those five videos include yoga, include fitness. And we actually had pretty good sign up. I would think the cost per lead is roughly around four to five bucks. Started at 10, went to seven, went to four to five. So in talking to other people who are marketers, they say that that number is actually pretty good because if you can keep that going and communicate with these people, you can probably potentially turn like enough of these people to be worthwhile and break even or make profit at the end of the day. So that was one aspect. I wasn't really too familiar with building an email list. I wasn't familiar so, with how to communicate with email lists. Let me, let me pause you there. Let me, I got two questions. So one, can you explain a little bit the changes with 14.5 on iOS? So with 14.5, what happened was, you know, whenever you go into Facebook now, you have to say, yes, I allow Facebook to use my data or decline. I don't want um, Facebook to use my data and provide me with the ads. So as default, from what I know, it's a decline from iOS and Apple phones. So as a result of that, it's a dramatic change, like a huge change. Like if you've read the news and all this kind of stuff on this situation, it's been a long time coming. It's been coming for six to eight months, but everyone pretty much just ignored it for a very long time. Um, but yeah, because of this big drop and inability to attribute what is like a lead or whatever else, they, the suggestion is go out there, get a lead instead of trying to close the sale or purchase or conversion right away, because uh, it's not going to be very accurate. So that's right. the, one of the reasons why we try to go to the mailing list. And the reason this is important is because one over time, there's a projection that ads are going to be less effective from Facebook, right? So while they're still effective, build up your own audience, go direct to the customers. Um, and two, there's an idea that ads that are effective are going to get more expensive because they're more scarce, right? So yep. from both sides, you know, the, the ad game on Facebook, which as far as I understand it, Facebook's been far and beyond the best place to, to run ads and get conversions, that may be going away. So the, the rule of thumb now is build your own audience, build it directly, try and get this built up while you can and see what happens. Yeah, that's pretty much the approach right now. 
I mean, I wouldn't really discount using conversions still with Facebook ads. They still can provide you some value. It just might not be as accurate. You might have to use some outside third-party tools, but it still, still seems to be a, like a really good platform to use. Yeah. So, And I, I will say my projection on that is we're not going to see a big change for now, right? But as time goes on, I expect that Facebook's model of who people are is going to slowly start shifting away from the reality, right? You may get into a new sport, Facebook doesn't know about it. And over time, you know, where, where Facebook would be advertising, you know, cleats or something like that to you, they don't know about it. And before this change, before all these privacy restrictions, they might've known about it. So Right now, it seems like there's not a huge impact as far as I know. I'm not a marketer, right? I don't actually know this, but from what I've been reading, it hasn't been a huge impact so far, but people are afraid that unless something happens, that whole, that whole path is going to change very severely. Yeah, for sure. So, um, I mean, now it's about like testing out all those different ways besides Facebook. So whether it's YouTube or working together with different influencers, micro influencers, you just got to test everything. Like no matter what you do these days, it's about testing everything you can. I think the great thing about this podcast is you get to kind of pick the brain of a lot of people who've been either in progress right now with building their business or they've been quite successful. So you can kind of understand what they've been doing and implement it into your own business. And I think that's kind of a good segue into, you know, corporate partnerships. I think Wait, a lot let of- me pause you. I have one more, sure. sorry. So I know, I know you had a really actionable takeaway with the mailing list. So when you were blasting out the mailing list, it was ending up in a lot of spam filters. Can you talk a little bit of how you got around that? Yeah, so, you know, usually with the email, someone signs up, they opt into the page. I use Unbounce. So if someone's looking to sign up using Unbounce, we'll leave a link below. Um, it's an affiliate link. You do get a discount for it. So um, yeah, you're helping out the podcast here, but then you're helping yourself out. Um, but uh, where were we? <laughs> yeah. So so I wanted to talk a little bit about um, the difference between using uh, a service that sends emails directly from your email in the browser versus like a MailChimp that just blasts out a bunch of emails. Right, so I'm using MailerLite right now. So MailerLite, it was recommended to me by my buddy, Mike Valley, former NHL goalie coach and friend of ours from All Access Pass. He said, hey, you should try this out. I gave it a try, it was pretty cool. And so what it is, is I built up a list. It integrates from Unbounced Landing Page into MailerLite. And then from there, it automatically sends emails out as a drip. So there's about five or six emails that get dripped over time. It says, hey, welcome to the five-day challenge. These are things that you need to be prepared for. Um, look forward to this email here. Move this email from your promotion box into your main box. So then you see it regularly all the time. So I we have, I think, close to 250 subscribers right now in our email list. They've all had regular emails sent to them from the challenge. And it's really important to make sure you follow up with all these people who are part of the challenge because these leads can go cold if you do not stay on top of them. And honestly, I'm a little bit guilty of that because when we first started the program, we were just excited of getting this email list built up. And, um, it was hard to kind of figure out what the right mode of communicating was. We didn't have like a high end ticket offer yet. 
and we're just trying to push the $20 monthly membership. But if you have a higher ticket item, that's probably something that you want to pitch. And then that's what we're doing. So that's something that we can kind of segue here. Um, we created a 30 day challenge with an accountability coach and we just know, you know, accountability coaches is a huge, huge industry. And the reason why is because people just want to feel like someone's helping them along the way, holding their hand and taking care of them and making sure they're doing the right thing, you know, um, self-serve options or gyms out there. Like I think, what was that gym that you mentioned that's in the United States that where people sign up and they pay like 10 bucks and they just don't care. And that's their model. That's most of them. Planet Fitness, Gold Gym. What was the, what was the first one? Which Planet gym? Fitness. Yeah. So, you know, those gyms, they just think, Hey, you're going to spend the money and then like, forget about it. So you know, we want to actually make a difference in people who take this challenge. And so we have an accountability coach, we give you a program to follow, we make it easy. And we give you like a semi custom diet plan where you can follow along. And we have a great success, like people who we've beta tested this with, they've lost a lot of weight, like one person actually said, we changed your life, which is crazy. And so it's really exciting in that way. I think right now it's more so about like getting it to the general public, seeing what the reaction is and validating that product and then going from there. Awesome. So let's go with where do we spend our money? What's the best place to spend the money? So, I mean, in terms of money, it's a really hard problem because when you're working with a budget, you generally want to try and go as much as you can with growth hacks and figuring that out. Um, so like, our money is going towards teachers right now. There's some that are going towards Facebook ads. You've got like landing pages and stuff. So our distribution is kind of spread out all over the place. And what I would say ideally would be the best is if you can try out different forms of advertising and marketing and see what works and scale from there. That's the biggest thing. Like when we had that mailing list created and we were to drop down to like $4 a lead, that's huge, right? You go from $10 a lead to $4 a lead. Then you've got a whole huge list of people which you can increase the lifetime value of as long as you can convert those people. And you can forever email that list until they like unsubscribe or just ignore you. So, and then again, you can use that information to put it back into your um, actual Facebook custom audiences and make lookalike audiences. So it's pretty crazy. So that, that's something I would definitely recommend is determining what is of need at that point in time and then trying to scale up from there. Yeah. And a, a good thing from our end is, you know, we're, we're not seeing a ton of churn, right? Um, our customers are pretty sticky and, you know, even through the beta test, like we've gotten a bunch of really positive results. So, so something that we're doing is working, right? I, I yeah. feel very confident saying that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's working. And like the people who are our super fans who are part of Classcast, they love it. They even, there's been people who worked at uh, Netflix and they said, I've been telling head office to try and get on board with Classcast. Like they believe in it that much that they actually tell 
their head office, but their head office is kind of like, no, we, you know, we're not really into doing that right now. So I think maybe we're actually ahead of the curve at the moment. Maybe we're too soon in the process, but I think that's where we can kind of talk about partnerships because, you know, I, it does take a very long time. We are in the middle of a few different partnership discussions. They take months, months. It's, it's super crazy. And, you know, I know this from my past experience working with small or medium business owners. It's really easy to get to the owner, talk to them, try and get a decision. But then once it goes up that corporate ladder and you're talking to like companies that are hundreds or thousands, it takes months and months, especially partnerships that we're trying to do. We're trying to do distribution partners as well, not just get clients. And this process is is extremely long. But I think in the end, if you can pull off a partnership, it can be huge for your company. Like if you're a SaaS company out there, you probably want to try and get a deal with AppSumo. You get a deal with AppSumo, you might be sacrificing some of the profit that you're making, but by the sheer volume in which you're getting people to download your app, talk about it, there's going to be a natural virality to it as long as it's a good deal. Like I've bought two or three deals from AppSumo and I use them sometimes and they're pretty good, but I wouldn't have known about them unless I used AppSumo. So we're using something similar like that, uh, but in more association to our live fitness and yoga classes. Yo, what's going on, Buy and Build fam? We are currently in the works of building a meditation Chrome app extension, and we are almost ready to launch. We've got a beta test group that we're setting up here, and all we need is your help to get feedback. So if you're interested in testing out this app, this is specifically for you. To be a part of this group, all you need to do is click on the link below, enter your email, and we'll send you some follow-up instructions when we're ready to launch. Right. Awesome. So let me ask something on the other side of that. What do you think we're doing wrong? So... I think what we're doing wrong, well, right now, what I'm trying to do right is trying to get the little things that I've been focusing too much on, like the administration stuff and pass it off to one of our employees, get her to do more of the work. So then I can focus on a lot more of the sales and marketing. I think before I was a little bit too focused on operations. And I think this was one of our previous guests that like anyone out there can pretty much make any product they want, but if they can't get the traction, then it's not really going to go anywhere. So I think that really resonated with me because, you know, I've come from a sales and marketing background, but I've been so focused on operations, making sure everything is going okay, talking to the teachers and all this stuff, but that should be able to handle itself or someone else should be able to help handle that. Whereas I focus on what I'm good at or specializing in and that's in the sales and marketing part and that's what's going to grow the business so what i've been hearing from these interviews that we've so so for people don't know when you hop on a podcast what happens is you talk for five or ten minutes beforehand you you know meet each other you do the podcast podcast ends and then people give you really really great content once you're done with the podcast You know, it's like, you know, exactly who the person is by the time it's done. And they're like, okay, I feel really comfortable with you. And now we're not recording. Let's just talk. Like, so so all of these great conversations happen after the podcast. 
And we've gotten a bunch of advice through that. So what I have gotten out of feedback from people is that we seem almost a little under-targeted, right? Everyone asks us, you know, who's our ideal customer? And we're like, I mean, probably, you know, moms kind of, we think. And they're like, yeah, I was thinking kind of that, but, you know, not sure. And I think probably that is one of the things that we don't do great, right? We don't know, we, we haven't gone into it with a very conscious approach, right? We haven't looked at it and went like, okay, how do we get, you know, moms 35 to 45 to really focus on this thing? Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And I 100 agree. I'm actually looking through my Audible right now. And there's a book called Obsessed. And it's about building a brand people love from day one. And I've listened to it probably at least three times. And every time I listen to it, I'm like, why am I not doing that? And it's about... Ex- it's exactly about this. It's building to a very specific niche audience in which it specializes in. Because if you specialize in that, you're going to find those super fans and those people who care about your business that resonates with them. And then eventually over time, then you can become more generalized. I don't know. It always sounds simpler when you say it out loud, but then when you're doing it, it's like you get you can't focus on it. It's, yeah. I don't know what that, what's that's called. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense, right? There's so many, like, you know, that's all life. Everyone's like, oh yeah, why didn't you just do this? And you're like, fuck. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably should have. <laughs> yeah. And I think what, one of the great things about having a podcast is that we got to meet like so many terrific people who are so gracious with their time, who want to help out and connect and, that is amazing. That's like a hack in itself. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't even know what this would turn into, who would we meet if we even have fans who are listening to our journey. But, you know, amazing enough, there's been people who have adopted our journey and heard about it and talked about it and told us about it. It's been so much fun and really glad that we did this. So, you know, everyone listening right now, thanks for being a part of this. It's awesome. Yeah, honestly, I, I I always enjoyed podcasts, but it, it really seems like this like this field of experts and you have to be an expert to go do something in there. And I mean, I found that just so many people are so generous with their time that you can just reach out to them and like a huge amount of people are happy to hop on and just talk. Yeah, no, absolutely agree with you. I mean, yeah, some people I know I've talked to, they're kind of scared to come on the call and like talk about themselves or just speak. But for the most part, people are, yeah, pretty happy to share their story or they're appreciative that they even get invited. So yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. And I've honestly made a lot of friends through this podcast. Just today, I think I talked to like four or five people who have been on the podcast before. So, you know, it's it's been a really awesome experience. Yeah. All right. Enough, sure. enough fluff and hour and shit there. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. I think that was just about everything on our list here. I mean, just what's next on tap for everyone that knows or is listening right now. We're, I've started a new few campaigns on uh, Facebook and Instagram right now, try and drive traffic directly through the 30 day challenge. I've also tried to reach out to a few different other partnerships as well to see if we can, form some more niche crowds as well. So we'll see how that goes in 
maybe a month or so or a couple of weeks. We'll see what comes down the pipe. Okay, cool. So do we have anything else on the update side? I think that's it for now. Okay, awesome. So I guess let me let me get into <laughs> what I've been working on. So some of you may follow me on Twitter and have seen the past few days of me frantically tweeting through a live session of me building a website. So I don't want to say it was entirely me putting off having to go shopping for a suit for a wedding, but it'd be a live. I said that wasn't part of it. So I saw a tweet by Doug Ludlow. He's the CEO of Main Street. Main Street basically helps startups get rebates on their taxes. And constantly they're, they're posting things out. Like every single company has gotten like 40 something thousand dollars back. Like they're absolutely killing it. And the best part is they, they're just positive value for everyone involved. They're one of those companies where it's like, when you use them, everyone wins. It's not like they capture some value of what they're giving you and you pay them. It's just a win-win on both sides. So totally love the company. So Doug four days ago tweeted out, 100K offer below. Does your friend have a startup that is full of talented people but never found product market fit? If so, I want to aqua hire their team. Make the intro. You'll give them a happy exit and we'll pay you 100 grand. Totally serious. DM me if interested. And the next day he tweets out, this tweet completely blew up. Thanks for all the recommendations. There's a ton of talent out there just waiting for the right opportunity. Unsuccessful startups remain the biggest untapped source of talent. He said he has over 200 legitimate intros in under 24 hours. So I looked at that and went, this really legitimate founder who's doing something major and is at a big company has gone out there and validated a market for me and created a site called getaquahired.com, right? So an aquahire is when you buy another company, you have really no interest in their product, but you're buying that company to get access to their team. So this happens a lot in tech companies. A lot of teams that are like five engineers and they make a product and the product doesn't really take off. They can't really get enough customers and they hit a point where they go, okay, so I think we close this and we all go get jobs. The best outcome for that type of company is they get aqua hired. They get a payday every make or everyone makes some money. If they had investors, their investors get paid back to some extent and they get a new job with a, you know, a high paying company that's willing to dish out for a well-known team that's, or a well-tested team that can deliver products, right? Um, every single CEO says the hardest thing they have to deal with is hiring. It sucks hiring. It's even harder building an entire team. You know, bringing on say one engineer is way different than bringing on seven engineers to build a whole new product. What if you could just get them all in one big bundle and you get to, you know, kind of sample what they can do because they already have a product out there that you can look at. So the way this will work is, um, the companies that are going to buy or acquire other companies will pay a monthly subscription, right? It's free to submit your company to get acquired. We're gonna filter through both sides. We'll, you know, make a whole kind of like a resume for your company, make it look good, dig into the details that these companies wanna see before they acquire someone and get the acquiring companies on board and really know what they're going for, right? Do you need a fintech team and do you need people who are very, very senior or do you need uh, you know, something different? 
So this is the general premise for what we're we're working on right now. So companies that are aqua hiring, we have them on a wait list. Um, this company is less than a day old, so <laughs> everyone's kind of on a wait list. But we are just now announcing it. I haven't even tweeted it out yet. And this is going to be the the new project in our little portfolio. So tell us what platform you're using to build this out. Yeah, so this is going to sound weird. Um, I'm a software engineer. I have a lot of experience and I use a no-code tool because I wanted this done as soon as humanly possible. We used bubble.io. Um, the reason for that is we, we kind of pivoted a few times on the, the back end technologies. So at first I was kind of playing around with using Airtable, just curious to see what Airtable as a database would be like. Um, eventually moved away from that. Bubble really had a lot of granularity in their control. And I felt like that was something I was really looking for considering I come from the coding side. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just for everyone else who's listening right now, I did not even know what hired meant. I saw Nick's tweet thinking, what the hell is this? And then uh, next thing I know, he's like, I'm building this in the next 72 hours and had to find out what aqua hired is how it works and after listening and understanding the concept behind it it makes total sense right there's you know there's a large percentage of people who don't aren't successful at their business that's just a natural thing but everyone was always passionate about what they want to start what they want to do and those are the right people that you probably want to have on your team if you're trying to like build out a team of developers or salespeople or whoever because they know what it takes, you know, they've seen the failures and the losses, but they probably also learn from it as well. Like I'm guilty of that. Like I've done so many different businesses myself that I know kind of the in and outs of how to do a lot of things now just because of trying it. So definitely a great route to go if you're in need of like a team. Yeah. And I mean, I personally, Daryl, before you and I started working together, I had a team of me and three other engineers and we built a physical therapy app and, you know, kind of went really far with that and couldn't find any traction. It's, it's a whole nother conversation there, but I would have absolutely loved to get acquired. Like, you know, if, if Google looked at that and went like, oh, there's four engineers who can build stuff. Great. Come over here. Um, I would have gone in a heartbeat. That would have been an awesome outcome for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think the next step is like figuring out who wants to get acquired. So like yeah. if we can manage to get a list out there of people who are raising their hands up saying, Hey, yeah, I built the business. We're not quite there where we want to be. And like, we're kind of hard on the finances or whatever it is. And we want to kind of move on. But yeah. Maybe just let us know if you're interested, we'll sign you up for the list and help build up that list. And then we'll be able to reach out to some of those bigger fishes that, you know, you might not have thought were interested in your talent. Yeah. And I, I think for this, one of the things that I'm really thinking about is how do we get this in front of the right people, right? So Daryl, you and I talked about this a little bit and, you know, product hunt, indie hackers, that seems to be like the right um, demographic of people to talk to. I'm also, you know, kind of in uh, startup Twitter. I'm going to reach out to, to Doug and you know, <laughs> respond to his tweet and see if, if any of those people are still hanging out around there and see if I can get some, some of them to reach out. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe we should actually uh, reach out to Doug. Maybe he wants to be an investor in this type of business because if he's getting all these people who are contacting him about being aqua hired, he clearly has a list of people who are interested. We created yeah. the platform here. Just connect the two. Yeah, I'm going to reach out to Doug definitely on that. Um, I think the ideal person that I would want as like a an advisor on this project would be Andrew Gazdecki, right? The micro acquire founder. Um, You can find more episodes and a link to the community of Buy and Build Podcast at buybuildpod.com. Remember to like, rate, and share with your friends on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Join us again next week as we continue our journey. We'll see you in the next one.